Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 102. I'm your host today, Sam Godsey, and with me today, back in person, Tanner Dizzlin. Tanner, how are you doing tonight? I am doing so well because, yeah, we're back in person. Hopefully, the audio quality sounds a little bit better because I can actually use my mic and I'm not AirPods slash just when they die talking into uh, talking into the computer out loud. But um, I mean, a great slate of football last week. Um, I think more so the NFL was, yeah. the, was the better slate uh, last week as evident by our pick was full NFL a week ago, but that script flips next yeah. week. So we got a whole lot and more on this episode. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. This is probably the best college football slate this weekend. Um, like, 10 top uh, 25 matchups. We'll dive into that uh, later, but we got an action-packed episode for y'all. We'll kick off with winners, losers. Talk about some of the uh, big games of college football last week, um, then hop into some NFL, and then finish with uh, player of the week, pick them, our super dogs. And we got one specific question about an instance that happened in the Colorado, Colorado State game. But we talk about that and so much more on episode 102 of Crunch Time. Tanner will kick it off how we always do. Who is your winner for this episode? Yes, Sam. My winner of the episode is going to be covering the spread. We had a couple instances of head coaches. It seemed like they had their eye on the spread and were doing whatever they can to hit that number. We'll start off on Saturday. One of them was in the college slate, Iowa over Western Michigan. Um, of course, Iowa's probably going to be a team that is no stranger to maybe keeping the foot on the gas all year long or trying to at least if they can even score yeah. uh, because of the infamous offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz contract. But in this game in particular, they were up 34 to 10 with 30 seconds left in the game and a fourth and goal. They could do a lot of things with it. What they decided to do was run the ball on fourth and goal with 30 seconds left, scored a touchdown, ended up winning 41 to 10. Spread was 28 and a half. Yeah. So that play specifically covered the spread. I know a lot of people who are on Western Michigan plus 28 and a half. Obviously, Iowa never beats anybody by that amount. So that was a heartbreaker for a lot of people I know. Rip um, my super dog pick. Rip his super dog. He'd be one. And well, not that he was on it. Iowa State, he wasn't on it. It's all good. <laughs> he was just picked it for a super dog. And then the other instance in the NFL was – you good? I am good. All right. Go. The other instance in the NFL was the Los Angeles Rams. They were playing the 49ers, and they were down 10 as time was expiring. They On their last possession, they decided to kick a field goal, make it 30-23 to 23, instead of going for it, and the spread was 8.5. So it went from 10 to 7, covered the spread there, an elite backdoor. So if you were on those, it was a good weekend for you. Yeah, but the Iowa one makes a little more sense because, you know, Brian's got to run up the score. It was now on pace, by the way. Now on pace, 28 points, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I um, believe so. And, but the Rams one just had me crying. <laughs> like, it had no effect to the game other than covering the spread. But for my winner, I'm going to hop on the diamond, a new diamond in Tampa Bay. The Rays made a huge announcement today on the uh, 
day of recording Tuesday that they will be building a new stadium. It will be near the current Tropicana field, um, but they're kind of doing what kind of a Wrigleyville um, ballpark village. They're going to call it the historic gas plant district set to open for 2028 season. So a little bit of a ways, but the Sam is expected to have a fixed dome roof, artificial turf, or seats for around 30,000 is going to cost in excess of 1.2 billion dollars. Some change. Yeah, but but it's still going to be in uh, St. Petersburg, so uh much needed upgrade it seems like for the uh Rays, especially with the success they've been having these yeah. past couple seasons. Tropicana is a dump and like you said Sam it's great because they're having a historic season. I mean, um, well, it started off historic, but still a great season. Um, and to be cl- have all that clouded by, will they move? Will they not? They need a new stadium. Get all that settled. Now, I do want to clarify one thing. What are they calling it? The gas plant? The uh, the redevelopment of the 86-acre historic gas plant district. Oh. Fire name. I got fire, right? Yeah. Gas, 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 gas is fire. You, you want to head down to the mm-hmm. gas plant yeah. district and watch yeah. the fire. But it looks like it's going to be super nice. Hopefully, they can attract some fans, attendees to the game, and yeah, that would be that would be nice for for the Rays. Yeah. What about the other side of the coin? Your loser. Yeah, my loser. It's a tale as old as time. We talk about it seemingly every year. It is people having a problem. With college kids having fun, Colorado, Colorado State—a game we will talk about later. So I will not go too far in depth. But Colorado wins. Uh, they were twenty-three and a half point favorites. They win in overtime, and the students rush the field afterwards. Of course, whenever you rush the field as twenty-three and a half point favorites, people are going to get pissed. Uh, but it's college students—the first home game under Coach Prime. <clears throat> Excuse me. Actually, not the first home game they played at home against Nebraska, but yeah. still a huge rivalry game. Went to overtime. There was a lot of chippiness in the game. Again, we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. So all of that combined, plus a rivalry game in overtime, you get that win. A lot of emotions running. Students rush the field, and of course, people have a problem with it. It's unreal. Yeah, let students live. I know we. I mean, we were in college not too long ago. We would do anything to uh to get on that field or the court or wherever yeah to rush the field or the court so i mean just let them have fun stop stop critiquing it just relax it's okay students are allowed to have fun and go about your day doesn't matter that they storm the field as 23 point favorites yeah no doubt i totally agree um we i think uh barstool big cat on uh, part of my take nailed it it's like they're college kids they're getting a. They probably had one of the best nights of their college mm-hmm. career. I know when we rushed fields, I uh, did. I had the pleasure of doing it a couple times too with football, and uh, yeah, that is that's bad. Wow. Oh. So as y'all know, uh, the Browns are playing the Steelers on uh, Monday night, and they just showed uh, the heartbreaking injury uh, to Nick Chubb. So. Uh, that that was our uh, that was pretty gross. That was that was nasty. Um, legs aren't supposed to bend that way, huh? Yeah, we advise you not to look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, because that 
is yeah i have i have a weak stomach i hate watching injuries don't do it if you have a thick stomach like sam and loves watching injuries listen to his word but if you're like me and just hate seeing that don't do it just don't do it that was gross yeah but back to what i was saying they it's their college kids like college kids be college kids but for my loser it's gonna be the North American University Stallions. Now, Tanner, did game. you hear? Oh, yeah! What a great game from them! Absolutely from the amazing game. They lost to Portland State, who just got smoked by um, Oregon two weeks ago. The team that Oregon put like eighty-one on. Yeah, eighty-one on. Yep. So they lost ninety-one to nothing, and Ooh. and I, I just. I just want to read some stats uh, for you. At the end of the first half, it was 63 to nothing. There, the, uh, the quarterback for North American, Jesper Korkalainen, great name, mm, nailed it. six for 15, 17 yards, one Damn. intercepted. What a day. These, these were their game leaders, so... Uh, their um running back Xander Armani Williams two carries seven yards, um. So yeah, basically, uh, one of the worst beatdowns we've seen in a while. So yeah, ninety-one nothing. Uh, that's got to make you a giant loser. For did you know that there was a college named North American? No, I had idea. no idea. Where is North American? Is it all of North America? Dude, that'd be kind of lit. Let's, let's find out. Let me do a little... North American. Be like in Canada. That would be funny. North America. It is yeah, in Stafford, Texas. Oh shit! Uh, it's a private private college. Down in Stafford, Texas. Breaking news. Breaking news. North America is private. It's not public. <laughs> you cannot step foot in North America. It's, uh, it's right outside of Houston. Is where Stafford is. Huh. All right. Tough. Is there South American? Probably. But let's find out. Let's find out. We're, we're an informational podcast. There is a South. SAU. SAU. South America University. Um, <laughs> South. I wish they were South, South American Am- College. They'd be sacked. <laughs> Let's go sack. Let's go South sack. American University. Is in, dude. Texas? No. Wilmington, Delaware. What on earth? <laughs> <laughs> North South. American in Texas. South American in Delaware. Yep. Got it. Duh. Duh. But yeah, huge loser. You'll lose ninety-one to nothing. Um, that will definitely classify you as a loser. Yeah. Tanner, it's, we're entering the greatest week of college football uh, this season. We have a ton of ranked matchups. It seemed like last week was a pretty weak slate. We didn't even pick a single game, but we had some great ones. So let's dive into that now. To kick it off, we got Georgia, South Carolina. Georgia playing this one close, so eked out a win, 24-14. to 14. What were your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, I tell you what, I think Georgia's, Georgia's still searching for that replacement for Stetson Bennett. Um, you know, you look, at, um, you look at Carson Beck, he didn't have a bad day. 27 for 35, uh, 269 yards, didn't throw a touchdown, nor did he turn it over, uh, but 
this is just not a game you're accustomed to seeing Georgia play. Like South Carolina was a team that got smoked by North Carolina. They really have not been good this year. They, you know, they last for most of last year, they weren't very good until a couple big wins towards the end of the year. But yeah, yeah I think, I think Georgia's still going through some pains. It was a rough first half. I think they were down 14 to three at half. Yeah. But of course they, they righted the ship big, Key for Georgia, no turnovers. I feel like if you did turn the ball over here, you're ripe for an upset. Yeah, not turning the ball over, um, and uh, winning the the penalty battle. I mean, South Carolina had 11 penalties in this game, uh, so you you were just out. You were just talented enough to win. But if I'm Georgia, if I'm a Georgia fan, I need to see more. I need to see more from this team because they've been less than convincing. Uh, it, well, in the the one game that really matters. I mean, yeah take stock in any of their cupcake games but yep. the one game that matters they were far less than convincing and that's a problem yeah absolutely um we when we were making college football uh playoff predictions i'm pretty sure we both had georgia in our final four we kind of thought uh let's not make the same mistake everyone else does look look them over they look very beatable this year mm-hmm. um their defense really won them this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you said, first first half was pretty close, um, 14-3 going into half. But Georgia finally woke up their defense and shut Spencer Rattler down. He was 6-for-24 in the second half, plus two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Not great. And that's how you win ballgame. It went a close Close game, defense wins out, and this was a perfect example of that. Yeah, and I mean, if you're Georgia, not every team South Carolina, right? So yeah, you got to come out quicker, you got to come out hotter. But yeah, the, I mean, when you have a defense that good, obviously, you could pretty much yeah win any any game, no matter how your offense is playing. Exactly. Next one, we're gonna hop into a shocking one um, that. For a team that we thought was going to be on cruise control after week one, uh, Florida State inching out a win against Boston College, 31-29. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, for me, the the glaring thing here is one thing and one thing only. What happened to this Florida State defense uh, yeah. you know, uh, that, that held Jane Daniels a Heisman hopeful? We talked about him on the show being, if not a favorite, you know, certainly someone who has a very good chance yeah. of winning it. And uh, all spotlights were on him in that Florida State LSU game, and they just shut him down, especially in that second half. That defense looked awesome. We thought in the ACC, maybe the competition wasn't so good. That defense would cruise. Well, Boston College scored 29 on Florida State and, and gained 457 total yards, 305 through the air, 152 on the ground. Yeah, like it's similar to Georgia. That's just not going to cut it. And yeah. while Georgia's defense won them the game, Florida State's offense won them this game. Um, but yeah, just the, the defense needs to be better. Uh, the need, defense of Florida State needs to be better. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest there, I'm pretty sure you're on the same page I'm looking at right now. If you scroll down, you see the penalties. Yeah. The penalties is what made what the biggest difference uh, in this one. 18 penalties for Boston College, totaling 131 yards. Not good. Penalties. Uh, so, if you look at the stats, Boston College was a better team 
on Saturday, and they just shot themselves in the foot way too many times. And it ended up costing them, costing them in this I one. Mean, you're looking at this pretty much every stat. Let's take a look. I mean, total yards, Boston College, passing yards, Boston College, rushing yards, Boston College, yards for play, Boston College, first downs tied, uh, third down efficiency. Florida State was two for 10 on third down. Yikes. So, manage Boston College. Like, there's no reason they should have lost this game. Yeah. Time of possession one, 18 penalties can't be doing that. Yeah. But for Florida State, hopefully, you know, we, we I mean, we were. We were the number one, I don't know, bandwagoner, I guess, you yeah. could say, where we were just like anointing Florida State, uh, the ACC champion in the playoff. We were, we were we were so high on them. But if you're a Florida State fan, hopefully this can be a just kind of a wake up call that you're not on top of the world yet. You got you got a full schedule to come. A lot of uh, conference opponents. You know how tough those games are. But bottom line, you want a game on the road, but you need to be better. Yeah, and on the road. they have a tough one this weekend, which we'll touch on uh, in Pickham. But let's move on to this game that a lot of people overlooked on Saturday. And it was a sloppy game, to say the least, uh, both weather-wise and game. Uh, Alabama beating South Florida 17-3. to Very ugly win, but Alabama did uh, pull this one out in the end. What were your thoughts on this one? Scary. If you're a Bama fan, you should be scared. You lose to Texas kind of comfortably. Uh, Texas yeah. was able to run you in your own stadium. Then you go to a get-right game, <clears throat> go down to Tampa, play Raymond James against South Florida. Um, the weather was bad. That's a little bit of an asterisk. Of course, offense would be down. Uh, but, yeah, this this was, this was not good. Uh, Alabama should be able to do whatever they want on South Florida. Even if the weather was bad, they should be able to run the ball all over South Florida. Exactly. And that did not happen. I mean, 17-3 game, and it was 3-3, I think. It's 3-3 at half. It was three, yeah. And 10-7 at the end of three. So, still, even that 17-3, it was still a very close 17-3. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, it's scary if you're a Bama fan because – the way the way things are projecting, I mean, you're just going to keep falling in the rankings. You fell to ten after you lost to Texas, and then after this game, you fell to thirteen. Yeah, after you were less than convincing against South Florida. So, um, yeah, they they need to they need to right the ship soon. Yeah, there there's a lot of concerns with Alabama. This Alabama team is something we've kind of never seen. Um, they don't have a certified stud at quarterback. I mean. They had Jalen Hurts, they had Bryce Young, they had Tua, they had Mac Jones, and you knew those were the guys. They were going to be in the Heisman race, right? And you saw, I forget, Mil Milrose? J I think Jalen Milrose. Jalen Milrose. He um, what, sat this one out. We got Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson both struggled. Buckner... Five for 14, 34 yards. Yes, you can blame the weather, but you're an Alabama quarterback. Play a little better. Yeah. And you're playing South Florida. Ty Simpson, five for nine, 73 yards. Little better there, but not much. Uh, at least according to Alabama's uh, standards. Any other year, Alabama's winning this game by 50. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially after a loss the week before. Yeah. That's what's so scary. Telling me, like, of all the people I would 
totally not want to run into. Nick Saban after a loss is probably top five. Yeah. And yeah, this was just. Yeah, not good. Not good. They. Part of me wonders is like. Nick Saban so petty. He threw both quarterbacks out and was like, I don't have it. Like, yeah, you think Milrose Milrose was bad or whatever his name is was bad. Check these guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not great. Which, you know, is definitely an interesting like. I, I, I agree, but in college, it's just so different because there's no GM that's managing a salary Milrow cap. is the same. Milrow. Mur- Milrow. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no GM that's managing a salary cap. Like the team is the head coach. It's recruiting. Yeah. So if you don't have a quarterback, you should have recruited one. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it does not get any easier for Alabama with another ranked matchup uh, coming this week. Against Ole Miss, who has looked good so far. Again, we'll touch on that later. Uh, next game, a upset. Uh, Florida taking down the Volunteers, twenty-nine to sixteen. Tanner, give me your thoughts on this one. Okay, I think I think this is gonna. This is this is a theme of the episode today. Is this a down year in the SEC? Dude, Georgia Georgia looks very beatable. Alabama looks very beatable. They have been beaten, and obviously we just talked about that game against South Florida. Now you look at Tennessee, a preseason what? A preseason top 10, were they? Or just right at around there? Right around they were there. In this game, I'm pretty sure. They go to Florida, a Florida team that got absolutely ransacked by Utah. Who yeah. didn't have their starting quarterback when Cam Rising was out that game. And they kind of get... Beat down at home or beat down on the road by Florida. I mean that Tennessee is usually one of those teams that pushes the SEC over the edge. That team that's flirting in that top ten, like we talked about, and yeah, they're getting smoked. They're getting smoked against Florida. Uh, you got the top tier SEC teams not looking too good. I think it might be a, just a down year in the SEC. Yeah, I, I think. Down, I don't know if I, I say down year, but I guess so. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Right, cool. Because yeah. you're not seeing those dominant, just killing everybody team. Um, one thing I do want to highlight is this game really came down to a running game. In all honesty, Tanner. And Trevor Etienne took please. over. 23 carries, 172 yards, average it seven yards a pop, one touchdown. Um, that's really when you uh force Graham Mertz not to throw the ball. Yeah, you don't, you don't, yeah, you play, you play a little better. Um, but and then on the flip side of things, Joe, Joe Milton, Bazooka, Bazooka Joe. Had to throw the ball three, four times, and they had little to no rushing attack. Their lean rusher, 16 carries, 63 yards. This game came down to running, uh, running game, and ATN carried the Gators to victory here. Yeah, this is the Trevor ETN we expected to see. He had a really rough time against Utah, uh, but it looks like he's kind of riding the ship here. Another thing, Sam, it's us. What's the common theme when we look at these games? The penalties, the penalties, the penalties, the penalties, 10 penalties on Tennessee to five on Florida. So got to be cleaner. 
and you got to be able to run the ball. And Florida was able to win both of those categories. And yeah, Tennessee drops to 23 in the nation. So SEC schools seem to be falling. Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps the best game of last weekend, Colorado versus Colorado State. Coach Prime versus Jay Norvell. Norvell talking some smack before the game. Coach Prime takes it personal, and we got a hell of a game, Tanner. Colorado inching out a win 43-35 to in OT. What were your thoughts on this one, man? Um... You know, surprising. I mean, I don't think there was anyone in the world who thought Colorado State was going to be able to compete with Colorado here. Uh, again, I think it's a, it's just a similar situation to Florida State where Colorado was just on top of the world and they could do no wrong. Uh, and it's especially in this rivalry game with the chippiness, with the, the chirping, the you know, the head coaches chirping back and forth with each other. Um, and it's just a good reminder that, hey, just because Coach Prime is your coach, you need to um, you go out and play. You, you, you can't just show up and win. Yeah, and especially that Colorado defense, you know, something that absolutely took over in the second half against Nebraska. Um, they were not very good. I mean, Colorado State's a team that doesn't have a win on this year, and they yeah. put up thirty-five. Right? Yeah, of course, the Colorado offense. You know, you're going to get points. They put up forty-three, uh, but yeah, thirty-five from from Colorado State can't happen if Colorado is going to. Uh, gonna actually like make some noise this year yeah absolutely fun fact of a day tanner jay norvell former hawkeye oh yeah i remember you telling me that. yep 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 so shout out him um but yeah and real quick just to put a number on that defensive performance from colorado 499 total yards for colorado state Jeez. 499 classic pack 12 action um it it was clear Colorado had the more talent on the team. I don't think anyone would argue that. But rivalry, he had rivalry. I think this game proved why college football is the best. You had the chippiness. You had the personal stuff. We'll talk about a certain play later in the episode when we talk about questions. Fighting, it was... So entertaining, went down to the wire. But I think this uh, game gives us more of an idea of who these color this Colorado team is down at its core, rather than an impressive win. Because, like you said, Colorado State not impressive this year, but they still put up thirty five. And 499 yards against this Colorado team. So, a lot of concerns on the defensive end for the Buffaloes. And, uh, again, I'll say it again. Their road doesn't get any easier. Got a tough uh, three games or three or four games set uh, in the following couple weeks. And without Travis Hunter, who got hurt um we'll get we'll get our thoughts on that certain play also, later you know we're talking about the chippiness to put a number of that dude how many straight how many straight games are we talking about do we talk about the penalties but combined 27 penalties in this game 17 for colorado state who like oh my god they, they i'm gonna put it just put it out there they played a 
pretty freaking dirty game. Oh, yeah. They played a Absolutely. pretty dirty football game, Colorado State did. But then 10 on the Colorado side as well. So double digits on both sides. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about more about that later. Yeah, absolutely. But that was kind of the big games of college football slate last weekend. So we're going to flip to the professional side starting on Thursday, Tanner. Your Vikings took on the Eagles, and the Eagles ended up winning this one 34-28. Give me your thoughts on this tough loss by the Vikings. Uh, this game pretty much left me with, with, with one thought. And this thought is that the Minnesota Vikings are two two things away from being a damn good football team. Number one, turnovers. Hold on to the damn football. They've played eight quarters and turned the ball over seven times. Yeah. Can't be doing that. Hold on to the football. And number two, the trenches. The trenches. The offensive line in – the offensive line in this Eagles game, like it, it was just outclassed. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. And of course, Kirk Cousins, the NFL's most hit quarterback, just took shot after shot once again. However, the Vikings did go out and get some help. They signed free agent Dalton Reisner from the Broncos, one of the top free agents on the market. So hopefully he'll give us some offensive line help. But still, in the trenches, they just got dominated. You turn around <laughs> to the other side. I mean, once after the first quarter when it was close, Philly realized, hey, we have Jalen Hurts, we have DeAndre Swift, and we have five elite offensive linemen. Let's just run the ball. Yeah. From then on, the game, not very close. Yeah. Because (laughs) Philly was just able to run the ball at will. And that can't happen either. Yeah. I mean, Philly is, is a particularly good rushing attack. Like next week, they play. The Vikings play the Chargers, who's not a particularly good rushing attack. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back and how much of this is a bad Vikings, a bad Vikings team in the trench or a good Eagles team in the trench. Because Eagles obviously have studs everywhere, specifically on that defensive and offensive line. And even the Buccaneers the, the week before, they have a really good defensive line. And they were all, all obviously all over Cousins as well. But. Yeah, those are my those are my two things here that, that you need to take care of the ball and you just need to somehow find a way to get better in the trenches because you can't let teams run all over you. You can't let defensive lines walk right through you and you can't turn the ball over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they had even a competent rushing attack, I think the Vikings win this one there. I mean, looking at the stats here, Eagles had 259 rushing yards to... Vikings 28. That's not good. And, of course, as is every game, the quarterback's going to get blamed. But to be honest with you, Tara, I think you'll agree, Kirk Cousins played a hell of a game. 31 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, You mentioned how he was getting hit constantly, but he stood in that pocket and delivered some dots, especially to Justin Jefferson, 11 receptions, 159 yards. But I totally agree. Battle in the trenches uh, really is what came down to this one. And the Eagles end up winning that one with the run game. Like you said, moving. Any final thoughts? Uh, No, I mean, I think a lot of people do want to panic on this Viking season starting 0-2. I 
caution against it. Next week, you have a big game against the Chargers, two 0-2 teams who probably shouldn't be 0-2. Yeah. feel like if you lose that game, panic button and smash it. But if you win that game, then you have to go to Carolina, very winnable. And maybe you're looking at 2-2, two and two, which if you told me they beat Tampa Bay and lost to the Chargers, that's also 2-2 two and two and we're fine. So yeah. maybe not smash the panic button. Also, the NFC North had a rough week this week, but still... Uh, yeah, not great. Not a great start. Yeah, absolutely. Another team that's not off to a great start, the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of the panic button, um, they lost starting 0-2 on season. Ravens 27, Bengals 24. Tanner, both of us were really low. I want to say we were at two or three with a panic meter uh, for the Bengals. With the Burrow calf injury, uh, him re-aggravating that calf that he struggled with through training camp and the preseason is, are you, if you're a Bengals fan, you got to be more concerned, right? Oh my God. Yeah, dude. I, I could not be telling a different story today than I did last week. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm panicked. I'm yeah. panicked for the Bengals because, you know, last, last week we were talking about we're talking about Burrow getting right. Well, now he reaggravated that injury. So you might not, who knows how healthy Burrow is going to be down the stretch, right? So you have that. That defense was was a was an absolute godsend for the Bengals. They they were one of the main reasons why they went to the Super Bowl two years ago and were in the AFC Championship game a year ago. That defensive line, Trey Hendrickson, all those guys, DJ Reader, they were beasts. They're giving up 415 to the Ravens uh, in terms of yards, 27 points there. Uh, 178 on the ground from from uh, Baltimore and without J.K. Dobbins without in JK the Ravens, it's like this is concerning. And now you've lost a game to a division rival, rival, a game you were home and probably your biggest competition for the division. I'm very worried. Yeah, I am very very worried. Yeah, I think this game says more about the Bengals than it does the Ravens. I mean. Don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson did, but a lot of question marks on the Bengals side. You mentioned all of them. You mentioned the defense being as bad as like freaking Swiss cheese, man. Exactly. It was, it seemed like the Ravens could do whatever they wanted to. Again, Burrow not being 100%. That's a huge concern. Not only for this year, but future years, you, you just signed him to a massive contract. I, I'm pretty sure it still is the uh, most expensive contract. I know uh, Hey Mahomes just says restructured his all that restructure. Dude, it's so confusing. Cap hit, yada, yada, yada. I, that's, a, time, that's another thing. Yes, player. let's go with that. But. A lot of concerns going into Bengals. I totally agree. I'm hitting that panic button. Um, obviously, a lot of season left, but with Joe Burrow not being 100%, the glue to your offense definitely cause for concern. And also, not to mention, they play a, a division winner schedule. Yeah. So, so on that schedule, they have teams like the 49ers. They got to play the Bills. They got obviously got to play the Ravens again, the Jaguars, um, like Chiefs. It doesn't get easy. Chiefs and Vikings are all are all you know uh, yeah. division winners from a year ago. So there, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a there's a decent amount of games on there where 
might not be favored. So if you're not yeah. winning these games where you are favored, things could get dicey real quick. Yeah. Next one we're going to hop into a game that went into OT. Titans won over the Chargers 27 to 24. Now, Tanner, hearing that score, Titans beating the Chargers. How many rushing yards do you think Derrick Henry had? Oh, I would have guessed 150, 140, something like that. He had 80. I, yeah. He didn't even break triple digits. Yeah. Dare, dare we call this Tannehill Legacy game? The Tannehill Legacy game. I mean, 24 24, 246 yards, one touchdown. No. Did drop an absolute dime to Traylon Burks. I don't know if you I saw did that. see like that. 70 oh my behind. God, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another team I wasn't very concerned last week. I'm very concerned. Yeah. Is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Apparently, I, I was told that Brandon Staley is a defensive coach. Yeah. When's, the, when's yeah. that going to show? Yeah, I don't know. When's that going to show? He's, he's got two elite pass rushers in Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Right? Uh, the rest of that defense, I wouldn't say is great. But still, this defense should not be giving up 27 points and 341 total yards to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Especially when Derrick Henry only yeah. get rushing for 80. Which isn't it's, a bad game for... Majority of running backs, I'd say. Eight yard touch, that's not a bad day. But when you're Derrick Henry. This is Tractor Cito we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very it's very concerning if you are a Chargers fan, right? I mean, they're, they're two winnable games against the Dolphins and the Titans. Granted, they're both on the road, so you should have some home games coming for the rest of your schedule. More so this game than last. I think the Dolphins just went out and won that game. This one, the Chargers lost. Uh, I think they had a big lead, too, in it. Um, yeah, it's very concerning. But I mentioned that big that big game next week, Chargers-Vikings, 0-2 teams, loser leaves yeah. count. Yeah, it, it did not look good for Chargers. I mean, we were talking about this Chargers team a couple of weeks ago before season started. I was really high on them. Um Helen Moore, I mean, I think he's one of the best OCs in the NFL. He's doing his part. And like you said, where is this supposedly Brandon Staley de- defense we, we've heard so much about? Miami. Granted, Miami's obviously a great offense, but they just got flamed by Miami. And a Tennessee team that, again, doesn't have a lot of weapons on offense. Yeah. A lot of concerns in L.A. Their road doesn't get much easier. Um, they got the Vikings. Then they try, They go to the Raiders. And then they got the Cowboys and then the Chiefs. So a tough yeah. little four-game stretch for the Chargers doesn't get much easier. Major hot seat alert. Brandon yeah, Staley. Major, major hot, hot seat. seat. And if I'm, if I'm the, the GM of the Chargers and they lose to the Vikings, can't. I yeah. can't. There's no reason this team should be starting 0-3. Yeah, absolutely. With the amount of talent they have. Next game, a team that doesn't have a whole lot of talent, but is absolutely balling this year to kick off the season. The Commanders upset the Broncos. Upset the Broncos? I don't know. 
three left hand up. Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Um, yeah, I mean, hard not to be encouraged by the start to the season by the commanders. Granted, you beat you know, you beat the Cardinals and the Broncos, but can't apologize for being two and oh exactly. An, an impressive performance from the Washington offense. Yeah. Um there may Maybe you can be concerned about the Washington defense, a defense that uh, I think is underrated. That defensive line is very, very good. Yeah. Um, giving up 33 to the Broncos, again, a team that only scored 16 against the, the Raiders a week ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit concerning, but for me, the highlight here is 35 on the board from the offense. Um, Sam Howell. Dog. 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 Austin. I mean, he, got, he put in 299 and two tutties. Brian Robinson Jr., Dog, yeah, absolute dog. Put in 87 yards on the ground and two more touchdowns. Uh, I mean, when like it, it's hard not to be excited if you're a Commanders fan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Except close out the game. Got yeah, close out the game. yeah, that was tough, but you know they stopped them when it mattered. Yeah, there you go, Russell Wilson. Hell Mary, last play of the game gets tipped around, uh, caught. Touchdown, 50-yard pass, Brandon Johnson, and they're down by two, and that Commander D holds them, gets the win, but absolutely closing games is a massive, massive uh, concern for the Commanders. Talk about how evenly matched this game was. Just looking looking at the, the, the stats here, total yards, 399 to 388. Both had 122 yards on the ground. The difference in total yards was 11, so the difference in passing yards was 11 yards. Yeah. Um, neither team was very good on third down. Three for 10, four for 12, around 30, 30, 30 33%. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> one for one and two for two on fourth down, so flawless on fourth down. But it, I mean, the numbers look eerily similar in this. Yeah. Game. Yeah, absolutely. Great. NFL games all around the board, it seemed like. A lot of questions with some teams. A lot of questions that aren't really questions in regards to teams like the Bills. But, Tanner, it's time to talk about our players of the week. So, Tanner, give me your NFL player of the week. Yeah, as much as this pains me to say, this guy went absolutely off, and that's DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mentioned their ability to run against that Vikings defensive line like it was nothing. He put in 28 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Seemingly, It seemed like he was getting four or five yards before even being touched. Yeah, That push from that offensive line was unreal. So maybe this is a joint, a, a, a joint award to that. All the offensive linemen. Yeah, there you go. Swift. But, of course, we got to give it to one person, so I'll give it to Swift. But, yeah. yeah, that rushing game was awesome, led by Swift, and absolutely won him the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he played phenomenal. For mine, I'm going to go with the NCAA football player of the week, the college football player of the week. And I'm going to go away from the quarterbacks, so no quarterbacks in this week. I like it. Malik Neighbor. Neighbors, Nobbers. Of LSU. Novers. I apologize, Malik, but you balled out this week. LSU uh, put on a clinic. He had 13 receptions, 239 yards, 18.4 yards per reception, 
and two touchdowns. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Given some uh, week one Tyreek Hill vibes, to be honest yeah, with you, Tanner. Exactly. So those are our player of the week. Now let's get in to this amazing college football slate in our pick So a little update on the week three pick Um, We're entering week four. Um, we do have the Browns and the Steelers, uh, going on right now. So that is part of our, um, part of our pick from last week. But right now we both nailed the chiefs against the Jags. We both lost the Bengals. I got the Falcons. You lost with the Packers. We both got the Dolphins. I have the Browns. You have the Steelers. So I will update. Um, the pick-up standings, once this all is finished, I will let y'all know we both lost our super dogs. I had uh, Western Michigan 28 and a half against Iowa, and Tanner had um, Arizona State plus four. Arizona State, who did not score a single point. So, so kind of tough, tough week for us all around. After week one, I think both our super dogs won outright. Yeah, outright. And tough look in week. Yeah, two. yeah, very of tough. Course we bounce back. We bounce back. So let's hop right into it. This is gonna be all college football slate because, like we've said multiple times throughout the episode, this is the best weekend for college football, and it kicks off with number four, Florida State being a. Point and a half favorite over Clemson in Clemson. Who you got here? It's so funny because I'm about to go against everything. No, you are. I said before, give me Clemson. Oh, gross! Over Florida State. I think. I just think right now. Uh, right now, I'm 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 gonna ride with the home team. Road, road games, road conference games. Excuse me, are so hard to win. Clemson. Hasn't looked great this year. Obviously, they had that loss to Duke. However, I think there's a chance Duke's legitimately good. And Clemson is might not be that horrible as we thought they were. Duke's, Duke is definitely good. But going back to this game, um, Florida State, they were able to escape against Boston College. That's not going to fly against Clemson, especially in Death Valley. Cade Klubnik looking, like, looking a little bit better since that week one disaster at Duke. I'm going to go with the home Clemson Tigers. That place is going to be rocking. This is exactly the type of win they they need to get their name back into that top 25 and fight for a share of the ACC title. Give me the Clemson Tigers. Wrong. I got Florida State. I think they're getting bounced back from a rough performance against Boston College. I think they uh, fly into Death Valley and come out with a win slaying the Tigers. Next one. Coach Prime's Colorado Buffalo versus Oregon. Oregon is a 20 and a half point favorite here. Tanner, who you got? I got the Ducks here. I'm not that's this is gonna be this is gonna be a rude awakening for Coach Prime's Buffaloes, especially without Travis Hunter. Um, yeah, I just Oregon's just a better team, and especially in Eugene, I think Colorado's gonna have a whole nother thing coming. I think uh, you know, teams in the Pac 12 are definitely going to want to beat Colorado more so than other teams. And yeah, Oregon wins this one at home. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think we're going to see 
a Colorado defense get exposed for how bad they truly are, especially with their loss of Travis Hunter. Um, I think Oregon, I Oregon with the point spread. I think Oregon obliterates Colorado. I got Oregon next up. 22 ranked UCLA traveling to Utah. Uh, Utah is a five point favorite. Who you got here, Tanner? I tell you what, it seems like every week we're sitting, we're looking at each other like, is Cam rising back? Is Cam rising back? Is Cam rising back? I still don't know the answer. Yep. I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to read the injury report. I think he's day to day. Um, I think he. We're saying it's a potential season debut for uh, for Cam Rising. For Cam Rising, it's kind of a day to day game time decision. I'm still gonna take Utah. Um, they looked a little shaky against Baylor to start. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago? Um, but they ended up coming back and winning that game. And UCLA, while they handled San Diego State. That game, there were some fluky plays we were uh, watching. That maybe if those go differently, including a an interception uh, on after a, a turnover where the guy had a free scoop and score, he slipped. He got the ball to one, and then they ran a play, and it just the wide receiver just dropped it. Kind of a fluky play that led to a big run by UCLA. So I, I'm gonna go Utah at home here. I think they're the better team, and especially if Cam Rising plays. Yeah. I, th- I think this is going to be a close one. Um, but I just think the bet, the better team's going to win out. Um, with or without Cam Rising, we don't know yet. But I got Utah for all the points you said. I haven't really been overly impressed with UCLA uh, this year. Um, and I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Utah, even without Cam Rising. Um, so I got the Utes here. Next one, this is where it gets the real good game start. Ole Miss versus Alabama. Alabama at home, seven-point favorite. Who you got here? I went back and forth a lot in this game, but I am going to go with Bama. I'm going to go with Bama. I I mean, I just think that as real as we thought it felt after losing to Texas, when your next game, is South Florida in horrible weather. It was weather delayed for a while. But you barely squeak out with that win. I'm sure Nick Saban's not happy with the crew after that game. Definitely better to to uh, learn from a win than a loss. Think that there's just going to be something different in the air with Bama knowing that you got all Miss coming to town. This is not South Florida. You're back at home. For some reason, you had to travel to South Florida. But anyway. Yeah, that's back at, wild. Yeah. That's wild. You're, you're, you're back at home against Ole Miss. And I think it's just the, the intensity in Tuscaloosa is going to feel a little different. Give me Bama. Not so I'm going hobby. baby. Most important position, quarterback. Who's got the better quarterback in this game? Ole Miss, Jackson Dart. Give me Ole Miss, hottie, hottie there. Next one, Oregon State traveling to Washington State. Oregon State is a two and a half point road uh, road favorite. Who you got here? This is another very intriguing game. Very, very intriguing. Um, I've gone back and forth on this one as well. I love home dogs, but I'm gonna go against that this week. I'm gonna go with Oregon State. They're kind of been uh, they they've been a team uh, you know a favorite of mine 
I've definitely uh, won a little coin responsibly, of course, off off of Oregon State. I think they're a very good football team. I think DJ Uyunglele has really found a nice. home. And thank you, <laughs> really found a home in uh, in Oregon State, and kind of benefit from the spotlight being off, and he can just kind of do his thing and ball out. And Wazoo looked great against uh, looked great against Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin came back in that game a little bit, but I I just think Oregon State's better than Wisconsin. I think they're going to be able to handle business on the road. Give me the beeves. Matt, I got Wazoo. I picked him as a uh, super dog a couple weeks ago. Um, their quarterback is absolutely balling. Uh, air raid offense. Cam Ward. Shout out. I, I do think shout out R.I.P. Mike Leach. Um, I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. I don't think either uh, either offense is particular or either defense is particularly uh good so i think this is gonna be a classic pac 12 high scoring uh late night matchup so i got wazoo in this one uh in a close high scoring battle next up our hawkeyes travel to penn state penn state's a 14 and a half favorite we got here this is not gonna go well for our hawkeyes i'm afraid no it's Um, not yeah uh Beaver Stadium is kind of a house of horrors, uh, especially in recent years for for Iowa. Um, this is the best Penn State team they've had in a while, uh, especially without Luke Lachey. He had a pretty pretty nasty pretty injury. Yeah. Uh, foot was pointing the wrong way. Tough week for for, for brutal injuries. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean the the strength of this Iowa offense has been is and has been that two tight end uh, two tight end attack with Luke Lachey and. Uh, Eric all, but now it's going to be all on all right now. All on all. All on all, baby. Lachey out. Um, yeah, I just I just don't see this going well for Iowa. Like, give me Penn State. Yeah, I I hate to agree with you, but Penn State's uh, one of my teams in my college football playoffs. Um, I just don't think uh, I was. I think it's either going to be a low scoring defense about because both of these defenses are phenomenal right but i just think iowa's defense is gonna get tired tired because you god knows our offense ain't gonna score a lot of points three and out, three and out. um so yeah unfortunately i also have penn state i it might be a little emotional hedge but i'm i'm not betting on this one uh to be lean the hawks way but yeah definitely Last game, probably the most interesting game. Ohio State enters uh, Notre Dame as a three-point favorite. Tanner, who do you have here? Uh, it's, I'm actually going to follow a rule you said earlier, talking about Ole Miss, Alabama. Most important position on the field, quarterback. Sam Hartman is my guy. Yep. He is a dog. He wears his rib on his neck. Uh, so I'm going to go with Notre Dame here. I think they've just been the more impressive team to start the season. I've seen more from them. That, I mean, Sam Hartman can, can sling that pigskin. He's done it his entire career. Wake Forest, Notre Dame, doesn't matter. He's as good as it gets at the quarterback position. Give me Notre Dame at home. That's a great pick, Tanner. Finally, you got one. Honestly, I, I totally agree. Sam Hartman, but you mentioned how great he's been playing. Cal McCord. Not overly impressed. Struggled with Indiana. Struggled with Indiana. Team 
teams you're expecting them to just absolutely blow out. I mean, they only put 35 up on Youngstown State. Given that last week they kind of took it to Western Kentucky, 63 points, um, but not overly impressed. And like I said, uh, best quarterback usually uh, pans out well. So I also have Sam Hartman and the Fighting Irish. Now, I will say, if this was in Ohio State, I think I give the edge to Ohio State with that um, with that uh, crowd behind them. But that gets us to the end of Pick'em, which means Super Dogs. Tanner, who is your Super Dog on this weekend? Yeah, we're looking for a little bit of a bounce back week uh, for me, but I'm going to go with the Mountaineers of West Virginia. They are at home taking on Texas Tech. This is a Texas Tech team that gave Oregon a run for their money that they did, and only on Oregon team that kind of doesn't have a great defense and uh, has struggled on the road in the past. Um, but of course, Texas Tech also lost to Wyoming. Granted, a Wyoming team that played Texas pretty tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with West Virginia. They kind of got a. Uh, Kind of got smoked against Penn State, granted, on the road in that game. Penn State team, I mean, how many times we've got to talk about how good they are? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I like the Mountaineers getting six at home. So give me West Virginia as my super dog. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, this one, I mean, there's so many games you could go super dog here. But this might be a little controversial due to last week. Um, but I got my hogs plus 18 in LSU. This is a big rivalry. Um, they always play close. I just as good as LSU has been. If thing if it's not close, Sam Pittman's gonna be on the hot seat. He has coached terribly these past couple weeks. I think it's a good wake up call for the hogs. Do I think they win? Probably not, but I think they cover here plus 18. That is a massive spread and a massive rivalry. Give me the hogs with the point with plus 18. I like it. However, I did just look up. I looked up our games. Uh, According to FanDuel right now, West Virginia's plus six and a half. Okay. So can I stack that extra half? I I guess, man. Also, Arkansas is 17. But if you give me that half. I'll, I'll take 17 and a half. I like it. Uh, you like it more. I like. Yeah, a lot of good games. This weekend's like this is the reason college football's the best, man. It's the best. It is the absolute best. Um, yeah, you just can't beat it. Can't beat it. I'm so excited. Saturday could not get here fast enough. But we're going to wrap up with a question. We kind of mentioned it earlier in the episode. Josh Zaruba wants to know, what are your thoughts on the hit that took Travis Hunter out? He says, with the strict penalty for targeting leading to an ejection, but a player can blatantly injure another player and only get a 15-yard penalty, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think he absolutely nailed it. I yeah. mean, when when you are in the rule book, they're just like the NCAA struggles so hard with just common sense. Yeah. Right. There are plays when you watch it, you see it and you're like, that's a dangerous play because he led with his helmet. But it was 
no intent. He was just making a tackle. He just happened to lead with his helmet. So maybe he shouldn't be ejected, but should just be penalized, right? There should be yeah. that level of common sense. Well, when the play is already over, when he's taken three steps out of bounds and this guy comes over and hits him for no reason, he should absolutely be ejected. There was one thing and one thing behind that hit, and that was to injure Travis Hunter, to hit him as hard as you can to maybe knock him out of the game, maybe ring his bell a little bit. And that's there is no place for that in college football. There's no place for that in sports. But for some reason, just because he didn't lead with his helmet, we will not we will not eject him for that, which is absolutely ridiculous. And you have plays Numerous plays throughout the college football season where someone is making a logical football play. They just happen to lead with their helmet, something you shouldn't do. And again, should be a penalty, but should not be an ejection. Well, something like this where there is clear intent and clear purpose behind injuring another human being goes out. He goes out scot-free in terms of an ejection. So it's utterly ridiculous. Someone needs to have some sort of common sense and see that and make a change to the rule. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I I do think it was a blatant, so dirty, dirty. It was he, so dirty. Um, I mean, he's the. I'd say he's the second best player on Colorado behind Shadir Sanders. Um, might even be the best. Might be even the best. Position. Just like I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I mean, it was such a cheap shot. Um, and. It's a bad injury. I mean, uh, I I want to say uh, tra- he's going to be out for three weeks yeah. with a lacerated liver. Unreal. And no normal, him. no normal college football or pro hit leads to that. Now, if it's a concussion, I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't blatant, but it looks so obvious. I I do want to say I feel bad for um blanket on the kid's name for Colorado State got shit on his he's getting death threats so hopefully hopefully that gets better but yeah definitely definitely an interesting situation well definitely definitely not warranted death threats are not warranted but um, I mean, I think you should get all a lot of flack for it. That's a dirty play, and he knows it's a dirty play. Yeah. You can't you can't be doing that. And what I'm shocked about is that I don't, it happened on the Colorado sideline. Yeah. One person went and confronted him, Yeah, and that was Shadir Sanders, the quarterback. Uh-huh. How is there not three people coming off that sideline ready exactly. to just – I'm surprised Dion didn't get in there, right? to be honest exactly. with you. Yeah. Like, just get in there and just stiff-arm him to the earth's crust. Like <laughs> – I've, there are so many plays that are way less egregious than that that get a reaction from the sideline. How that yeah. didn't is beyond me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Travis Hunter out at least three weeks. Um, he was having Heisman-like season. Yeah. We've we've never, never seen a player like this in our lifetime. Obviously, there's been uh, players before him. But, yeah, uh, definitely dirty hit. I don't think anybody uh, can argue. But, but the death threats are too. The death threats are way too far. Um, and then leaking his his address, his parents' address, way That's too far. That's also too far. Way too far. But that will wrap it up for episode one hundred and two. We talked about a lot. We kicked off with some winners and losers. Talked a little uh, baseball, little celebrations, little covering the spread. 
hopped into some college football recaps on a slightly uh, disappointing weekend that turned into a pretty good weekend. Uh, Talk some NFL, as always, players of the week, wrapped up with the amazing slate of college football in Pickham. And then we, of course, talked about that question. You can follow us on TikTok X. And, nice. uh, and Instagram at crunchtime underscore pod. Also make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are always wanting to hear from you. Uh, who are your players of the week? What do you think about this hit on Travis Hunter? We also got merch coming out. We're uh, working on a site. We got hats. We got hoodies. We got long sleeves. We got it all for y'all. That will be dropping within the next week or so. We're still figuring some things out. But the clock has run out on this episode, but we will see you on the next one on Crunch Time. I'll see you.